1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Bruce Hooley Show on The Answer. Take us with you wherever you go. iHeartTuneInRadio.com app. Also, remember the My Pillow merchandise on special sale right now. Uh, slippers are fifty percent off. That's a great, great, great deal. And also the towel sets are fantastic. Six piece towel set, thirty nine ninety nine regularly one hundred dollars. My pillow, Mike Lindell support Patriots. We have to stick together. You have to make your buying habits match your belief system. Okay, I do not shop at Home Depot because I do not support Home Depot's social agenda. I do not shop. At Target, we haven't darkened the door of a Target in years because Target was on the forefront of the transgender bathroom. Nonsense. So Google these companies, find out about these companies. Uh, Duck, duck, go these companies. Don't help Google in the process. And put your money where your beliefs are because that's just one small way that you can fight against this stuff. Okay, so I was talking about Lieutenant... Colonel Scott Duncan's eloquent response last night on Tucker Carlson to being denied an application for a faith exception to the vaccine mandate. He handled it very even keeled, not angry. He reflected the peace that comes from having the faith that he says should exempt him from the vaccine. Scott Duncan personified an authentic faith. There's so many people out there now who would twist the gospel into a social gospel. Columbus, Ohio has for a long time been a fertile field for the lie of social justice, social gospel. Long before people rioted downtown last summer for social justice, Columbus was gripped with the error and inanity of the social gospel. Washington, we have Washington Gladden Social Justice Park here in Columbus. Research Washington Gladden sometime. He's a pastor, like Tim Aarons now, who's gone horribly wrong in elevating deeds over faith. You say, well, you got to have faith without deeds is dead, Bruce. Yes, it is. But it has to be done for the right reasons, not as your credential but as your stamp of authenticity. See, your deeds don't get you anything. Your faith gets you everything. But you do deeds to indicate, yes, my faith is authentic. My life has changed. I want to serve others. We have rotten leaders in this country because they want to elevate themselves, not serve others. We have rotten faith leaders in this country because they want to get away from the gospel changing people's hearts to changing behavior. Complete nonsense. And going all the way back to the Garden of Eden an original sin, the reason why you know that there is no authenticity in the social gospel or in social justice, what is it about? It's about blaming people for not doing certain things or for things happening and it's somebody's fault, right? Oh, you got to give me that because you didn't earn it. I need it. I want it. You should give it to me. You have more than you need. Give it, give it, give it. You're to blame that I don't have. That's basically the baseline view of the social justice movement. Well, blame has always been Satan's oldest tool. What did Eve do when she was caught in the act of violating what God said about not eating from the tree? Oh, it was the serpent's fault. He uh, he made me do it. She was the first. Flip Wilson glommed onto it later. The devil made me do it. And then what did Adam say? Oh! Well, I ate, yeah, and I know, but the, but, the, but the woman you gave me, she put me up to it. See, God, it's your fault, or it's her fault. It's not my fault. So the blame game has been around since the very beginning. Personal accountability, personal responsibility is what we are called to, to have an authentic faith in Christ. You have to admit you are flawed and you are a sinner, and that is why, There's so many things now that evangelicals drop the ball on because, oh, well, we have to be, we have to resonate, we have to uh, connect with people, we have to appeal to people. And what they are saying when pastors and church leaders say that is, we have to compromise, we have to lower our standards to get people to listen to us. I cannot say this emphatically enough, no. No, no, no. But this is what is going on. And so I want to encourage you to stand on truth. Do it like Lieutenant Colonel Scott Duncan. Because the push in our society is against standing for truth. The push is against, well, it's okay if they live together before they get married. It's okay if they sleep around before they get married. It's okay. We can have a church. where. You know, being homosexual, you know, it's that they love each other, that they're faithful homosexuals, or, you know, they're transgender and it's okay and it's their authentic self. No, no, the Bible is not unclear on this. And so you need not be unclear on it. Flattering the world will not win it for God. You can go back all the way through the Old Testament, the New Testament. Prophets were especially stern toward the sins of the powerful and the wealthy, and Christians today have to do the same. Because all Christian teaching is geared toward what? Forgiveness, sure, but what is inherent in the forgiveness? Actual human flourishing. That is the goal of the gospel, is actual human flourishing. You cannot endorse the tepid, wayward, evil status quo and be presenting the gospel in an authentic way. And this is under threat everywhere today. Here's a study from the Manhattan Institute, which says it offers... Clarity on how Americans across the political spectrum think about things like your job, future, your identity, your free speech, and censorship. It is billed as the first comprehensive analysis when it comes to cancel culture, political correctness, critical race theory, and the like. And this researcher says... The concepts of cultural socialism, which we see everywhere, and cultural liberalism explain the differences in how Americans think about things like workplace firings, legal proceedings that ban various forms of speech, like we talked about in Finland where the Bible's on trial, like we talked about with C4 in Canada where it's now a crime to try to counsel somebody out of a sexually promiscuous lifestyle homosexuality, or transgenderism? What did the study find? Again, you can read about it at ManhattanInstitute.org. When asked about, this is interesting, right? Oh, climate change, existential threat. What do Americans really believe? When asked about the most important problems facing the country, Americans notably rank the issue of political correctness higher than the issue of climate change or even foreign policy. 31% of respondents listed political correctness as a top three issue compared to 29% for climate change and 22% for foreign policy. People aren't stupid. You got to sit through a seminar on privilege, on critical race theory, on social emotional learning. You got to sit through that. You got to sit through something where you go, you know, Bill used to be called he. But now Bill decides he wants to be called they. And you're sitting there in that seminar and you're going, well, that's pretty much nonsense because Bill hasn't changed. Oh, but you can't say that. People know, even if they stay silent, which is, of course, the epitome of a lack of courage, they know that's nonsense. That's why 31% of the respondents rate political correctness a bigger threat than climate change or foreign policy. Diversity training all across the spectrum right it's at coke it's at american express it's at every big company local companies too well what happens when you sit through that this study found it significantly raises people's concerns about losing their job who knew but what else does that kind of training do among young people it increases their willingness to approve of firing people For speech, yes, this is the epitome of this issue. The majority of those under 25 say that their fear of losing their jobs or reputations for something they say or post online is an acceptable price to pay in order to protect disadvantaged groups. I'll read that again. a majority of people under 25 say that even if they have to lose their job or their reputation for something they say or post online, it's an acceptable price to pay in order to protect disadvantaged groups, LGBTQ, RSTUV. Meanwhile, only 17% of those over 50 agree with that statement because we've lived and we realize we grew up in an era where... Sticks and stones could break your bones, but names could never hurt you, right? But now silence is violence and words are violence. Nonsense. Republicans stand to stand, excuse me, Republicans stand to gain from current dynamics in the culture war because we're united against it and Democrats are split on it. See, even the most woke Democrat, if they are of the same era as you or I, They are liable to realize, "Mm, you know, I know I can't push back against this in the corporate setting, but it's pretty much nonsense, so I don't really agree with it. The difference is, I would hope a Republican, somebody who's pro-life, somebody who at least doesn't have hostility toward God, would have or find or summon the courage to stand against this. Not your typical woke, older Democrat. That won't happen. Now just stay silent and go along with the masses. They'll be the ones watching When the trains pull away, as they take us all to our re-education camps. Younger people are substantially more likely to support cultural socialism than older Americans. The study predicts that as today's college graduates enter large organizations, so they graduate, they get their degree, they go to a big company, they will mount an increasing challenge to freedom of expression. Sound right? Sound like they're being indoctrinated in colleges and universities and academia, in the media, in entertainment, on Instagram, on Facebook, everywhere they are? Yes, of course. The rise of cultural socialism compounded by disagreements on the teaching of American history, CRT, are likely to shape the culture wars and influence political battles for years to come. Yeah, so what's the one thing standing against it? What's the one thing standing against it? The truth of the gospel, standing on that truth, doing it like Lieutenant Colonel Scott Duncan, plain spoken, measured, unwavering. That's why knowing what you believe and knowing why you believe it and have the courage to state it is our only hope against what's happening in Finland, what's happening in Canada, happening here. So it should not surprise you, and I know it doesn't, that a lot of the ideas that I've been talking about this hour that are damaging to people are advocated for, endorsed by the editorial board of the Columbus Dispatch. Uh, Here's a headline. Critical race theory bills would poison the future at the expense of kids. Now, our Ohio General Assembly has a bill, House Bill 327, that would forbid, now listen, going to forbid this so is this something you would like to forbid race or sexual scapegoating yeah i think we'd all like to forbid that wouldn't we scapegoating bad thing pretty universal scapegoating good or bad uh, that's bad bruce yes ah but the dispatch says no scapegoating good the bill would also require see if this is something you'd like to require impartial instruction on the historical oppression of a particular group of people based on race, ethnicity, class, nationality, religion, or geographic region. doesn't say you can't teach it. It says impartial instruction. So, the open-minded, brains-have-fallen-out editorial board of the Columbus Dispatch says, how does one discuss genocide and other historical oppression in an impartial way that does not reject reason, and the values this nation says it clings to. So allow me to answer that question for you, open-minded brains have fallen out, Columbus Dispatch editorial board. How does one discuss genocide and other historical oppression in an impartial way that does not reject reason and the values this nation says it clings to? Okay, so let's take Native Americanism, because I know later on in this uh, piece of woke nonsense, it talks about... We should feel sorrow that some experts estimate as much as 95% of the native inhabitants of the Americas, as many as 20 million people, were wiped out by smallpox in the years following the arrival of the Europeans. ha, ha, ha. It's the missionaries' fault. Yes. So how do we describe these issues in impartial ways, which the open-minded brains have fallen out, Columbus Dispatch editorial board thinks is impossible. Well, when it comes to Native Americans, you say yes. On the frontier of America, there was a bloody battle between uh, the American cowboy, European settlers, and the Indians, and the Indians lost that battle. The American, the uh, the uh, settlers had better technology, guns. Whatever else they did, they won the battle. It was a literal survival of the fittest battle. And that was one of the final survival of the fittest battles. The previous ones had involved one Indian tribe against another. Because it has always been the practice of man to engage in conquest of others for the land that those have. We see it now in Russia. America is unique among all world powers ever that when it goes in and uses military force, it does not also annex the land that it frees. We are unique. America good. That is how you would discuss it in an impartial way. How does one discuss genocide another historical impression in an impartial way? Okay, let's talk about the Nazis, shall we? Let's talk about the murder extermination of six million Jews. How did that happen? That happened when a leader engages in mass formation psychosis and gets otherwise good people to look the other way when he hunts down Jews because he's blaming them for every ill in society. And he traffics on fear among those who are afraid to say anything about, hey, that's wrong. Because they are afraid they'll be next. So, what does the lesson of history from an impartial perspective teach us? It teaches us that mob rule is bad. It's bad on January the 6th, and it's bad in the riots of 2020. And we could talk about the riots of 2020 if you want to, we could talk about the importance of truth. And how lots and lots of people lost their lives in the riots of 2020. And lots and lots of people lost their businesses in the riots of 2020. Which were triggered by, according to the left, the racial oppression of a black man in Minneapolis by a white police officer. Except when that case went before a judge and jury, you know what never came up? Any of Derek Chauvin's previous or actual acts involving George Floyd that had any element of racial animus as a part of them. That dispatch editorial board, open-minded with brains have fallen out as you are, is how you discuss these issues from an impartial perspective. One of the keys to being a successful business owner is being able to adapt to changing market conditions. And right now there's no more fluid condition than hiring the best employees,